This is a Hot Pie Original. Pat Pearson, and this is Stop Self-Sabotage Podcast, brought to you by Hot Pie Media. We're going to be talking today to our guest, Peter McGugan, an expert in loss, reinvention, and psychologically helping you through these difficult times. Well, hi, Peter. Good to have you. Hi, Pat. Hi. I'm going to share with everybody um, who's watching us and listening to us your bio, okay? In 2020, We're all feeling battered by the winds of change. Change is repositioning things in our lives. When something changes everything, how do we thrive with the future? My guest today is an international expert on managing change, loss, reinvention. Peter McGugan is an inventor, a best-selling author, award-winning filmmaker, and he has created free online resources for people struggling with change, loss, and reinvention. I've personally benefited from his meditations and films at uh, grieftogratitude.net, and I can vouch for them. Helped me very much during a loss of someone I loved. It's free for people who are feeling worried, depressed, stressed, sick, or tired. Uh, I'm feeling all of those, Peter. Can you help me? Go to grieftogratitude.net. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's some great meditations there. All right. You know, we're all feeling a bit battered right now, aren't we? You aren't know? we? Yeah. Change is uncomfortable. Change, yes. change stretches us and, and makes us feel things that we haven't quite developed familiarity with, and that's uncomfortable for us. It is indeed. Well, let's talk about the different areas of uncomfortability and and stresses around um, all the things that we're living with. Let's talk about worry, okay? A lot of us are watching the news and feeling worried. What advice do you have for us? Well, number one, let's recognize that worry is not productive. So if you're stewing in your juices of worry, what are you doing about it? And you may have known someone in your life who was a worrier and you could see the toll that it took on them physically and on their energy. And eventually, if we just worry about things, we end up only feeling safe in a room alone. And that's not good for us. So I'm a big believer that when you are worried about something, first of all, acknowledge that you're worried. Secondly, is it legitimate? Is this a justifiable reason to be worried. It's 2020. We all have justifiable reasons to be worried. So you're not just paranoid. It's 2020 and 2021 here. Uh, And so um, what can you do about the worry? So research, learn, become more of an expert on the problem and the situation. And I'm a really big believer in creating your own advisory board. So that's a panel of smart, capable people who you can talk to, who you can call on the phone or do a Zoom with or get together with if they're in your little pod and talk to them about your problem. But I emphasize talking to people who are experienced, who are knowledgeable with the problem, not just with somebody who hasn't been on the path that you're walking right now. Go online, research, and find out what the problem is and what you can do about it. And as soon as you start to get proactive, 
and activate solutions, then your level of worry diminishes, your level of stress diminishes. And there's a whole other chemistry that starts to function in our brain and in our body. And it just we just have to get proactive. There's far too many people are just sitting there believing they can't do anything about it. Now, well, you also talk about in activating solutions, you talked about have others who celebrate your happiness and success with you, partner with them and um, help design the, the desired outcome and, and, you know, reinvent intention in your life. Tell us about that. Yeah. You know, I don't think a frenemy who doesn't celebrate your happiness, your joy, the abundance in your life is a good person to have on your advisory board. But a lot of people are talking to someone who doesn't who is jealous uh, uh, of whatever goodness may be happening in your life. That's not a good person to have in, on your advisory board. So make sure that you choose your people carefully and get get the information that you need. And what was part two of your question about intention? Yeah, the power of intention. Yes. So I I wrote a book called Occupy Consciousness. I spent seven years researching the new science of consciousness. It's out there on Amazon. And the power of intention is way more important than we've been taught to believe. Not only in your mindset, your health, and your well-being, but there's all kinds of solid journal-published research that shows us that your intention has influence beyond what the common, what we've been taught to believe. So by setting your intention on something, by becoming proactive and activating research and and knowledge and solutions, you are using the most powerful force that you have at your disposal. Uh, My definition of self-esteem is the reputation that you are earning with yourself. That's something that we are earning every day with the choices that we're making. So as soon as you start to move from worrying and feeling weak and vulnerable to feeling capable and informed, things are going to change. You start a new energy going. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Depression. Would you say that this is a depressing time? And what do you recommend for people who are struggling with depression? Yeah, it's a depressing time. I had a big wave of depression hit me today because I had the news on for about five minutes. Um, You know, there are agendas out there that are not focused on the well-being of the villagers. You know, the planet is a collection of villages and we're all villagers. And bigness and big greediness is not taking care of the village. There's reasons to feel depressed and depression in almost all the cases is involved with anger turned inward. There are chemical depressions. There are people who are chemically depressed. What I say to you is to do exactly what I did this morning, which is to go out for a walk or to get movement into your morning so that your blood is pumping, you're changing your body chemistry, you're changing your brain chemistry, and you're just feeling more awake, alert, alive, and your day is more worth living. So when you're feeling depressed, let's take an inventory. And one of your best therapeutic tools is a pad of paper and a pen or a pencil and write down, I am angry because... And then finish that sentence 20, 30, 40 times. Don't judge what's coming out of your hand. Just just allow it to flow without judgment. You're the only person who needs to see what you write. And within that list of I am 
angry because are some keys to why you may be feeling depressed. And then when you see those, you can start to get busy with solutions. Right. So when you're saying that um, depression is anger turns inward, to then minimize depression, you exercise, you walk. We kind of all know that. There's good medical information for that. 30 minutes a day can lift moderate depression. Um, but what, uh, how do you access, I mean, you, you, you told how you access your anger. How then do you convert that to helping you get out of your depression? Well, first of all, denial it, 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 or not admitting that you have a justifiable reason to be depressed is the beginning. You know, we were all brainwashed and told lies as children because we were read stories that started with Once Upon a Time. And how did those stories end? Well, nobody lives happily ever after. Life unfolds in chapters. Something changes everything. And when it does, that doesn't mean you're failing at life or that you are not worthy of goodness or happiness. It just means that Things are misaligned. And so problems are, I see problems as misalignments of energy. So I chose to become a student of energies, how energies work, uh, and to uh, be an engineer of the energies in my life. I don't want to be around toxic people. They depress me. I don't want to have a lot of toxicity in my day. So I'm very careful about what television and radio I allow into my sacred spaces. Your sacred spaces are your living room, your bedroom, your mind, your heart, your soul. Don't allow talks. Take yourself on a toxicity fast so that you're changing the energies around. And as much as possible, just try this for four or five days. There are so many positive, uplifting things out there. There's a ton of them out there. I've got documentary films that are really uplifting on grieftogratitude.net. Read things that make you feel better. Make a list of the people who you cherish and and put that list up somewhere if you're feeling depressed and call them, write them a note. Make a list of the things that lift you out of your depression. Put it on your bathroom mirror. Put it somewhere where you see it and then become emotionally fluent emotionally fluid. That means to speak the language of your emotion, to be fluid with your emotions. So ask yourself, what am I feeling? I like that. Try to give it a name. It might be fear. It might be worry. It might be depression. It might be anger. It might be resentment. It might be jealousy. Uh, it, it might be feeling powerless. And get in touch with it. Give it a name. And then learn about how you can turn it around and become proactive. So you become the hero of your life story. Listen, nobody's going to ride in on a white horse to rescue you. Oh, My eye is on the horizon right now. I'm still waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you make a wonderful point. You know, I mean, can I put on my list of how to lift uh, depression ice cream? Oh, I was going to say that. That was, I (laughs) I knew you, I, yes. Yes. Copious, okay. copious, copious. Well, <laughs> look at you. Mountains. You know, you're, you don't <laughs> have any weight issues. Okay. So when we're feeling depressed for legitimate reasons, we're doing something to lift that depression. Now I want to, I want to address from my perspective, psychotherapeutic perspective, um, anger and anger is a very interesting emotion. I 
when I'm working with clients, I'm always looking for what they're angry about. Why? Because it's the energy of life. And if you can channel it appropriately, you can use that to magnify good choices, not bad choices, not acting out, not dumping in on anybody else, not hurting yourself or others, but using it to take steps you wouldn't take. And on one podcast I was listening to, I heard a great phrase, and I'm, I can't remember the, the woman's name who said this, but she said, and it really mirrors what we're talking about. She said that in life, you need to feel what you're feeling, feel, deal, deal with what you're he- feeling, talk about it, get it out, look at it, investigate it, like you said, feel, deal, and then heal, feel, deal, heal. And it's an interesting, it's a good, you know, uh, mnemonic. So you can then walk through quickly what's going on, how am I dealing with it, and and very profoundly, how am I um, healing it? And you've written a lot about healing in your grief to gratitude, but also the idea I have about healing is that it's really the release of those emotions, not internalizing them not keeping them for so long that they become putrid, you know? You don't want to yeah. have you don't want to have a lifelong anger. That toxicity kills you and doesn't hurt the other person. You know? Absolutely. You don't want to have issues festering and rotting in your tissues and and a lot of physical issues are are exactly that. Mm-hmm. So when I am feeling worried, depressed or angry, uh I see it as jet fuel for my next chapter or for fixing my story. It's, it is a launching pad rather than nice. a hole that you just want to kind of fall into. And I do feel we need to say that if you can't get past it, see, get medical help. Of course, get a good therapist, reach out. I get it. Of course, uh, at all these podcasts for mental health, we're giving some thoughtful, hopefully solutions, but we are not giving therapy. We are, but here, here's one thing I feel very strongly about. There's a huge industry out there, the pharmaceutical industry, that's selling things that disconnect us from ourselves, or we can't feel ourselves in ourselves anymore. And that's really not the greatest place I feel to be fixing your story. So I, I, I caution. I, I just you raise a yellow and red flag. On, don't on, don't medicate yourself out of it. That's what you're saying. Yeah. All right. So change. Most of us fear and resent change, don't we? Why is it that that, why is that? And how can we heal our relationship with life's changing ways? Okay. I'm going to have you try something physically that I bet a lot of you have done before, but so straighter here, I'm going to ask you to fold your arms over your chest now. And notice which arm is on top. My and right now arm. I want you to unfold and fold again with the other arm on top. Yeah. Is that <laughs> the other arm? Was it? <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I wasn't sure which <laughs> arm so it was. Yeah. I, I so had this straight jacket. Look, you've got on there. Got going there. Okay. So that feeling of awkwardness is the feeling of change. Where did it register in your body? Did it register right there in your arms? Does it register in the small of your back? Does it register in your mind? Where does that kind of a change register with you where you're going, ooh, this doesn't feel right? My arms, yeah. 
in your arms right there. Yeah, I just I want to I want to go back to the original position. So I want to go back to how I was. Right. That's familiarity. There's no right or wrong way to cross your arms over your chest. It's just that you've developed one way. That feeling of awkwardness (laughs) is the feeling of change. And it's when we become accustomed to that and more comfortable with that, using our attention to do so, that we become less afraid of change. As children, we go, we're, we're generally pretty good with change because we graduate from grade three to grade four, and there are lots of changes and we're learning things all the time. But as we become older, we become adult, we get into feathering our nest, we've got more to lose, we create comfort zones, but invariably something changes everything. Some little thing comes in and begins to take hold and change everything. And I just want to say again, that does not mean you're failing at life. It means you are living life. And we're in a time of tremendous social change, economic change, social political change right now. And it's a roller coaster ride. And I want to tell you that the people who do best with times and periods and chapters of change are the people who have a strong community around them. So I really encourage you to know your neighbors, to have people that you feel close to and that you know, and that you can practice generosity of spirit with. I coined the phrase generosity of spirit about 30 years ago when I moved to Texas and met you and and had friends who were so kind to me and helping me as a speaker and an author. And I thought, what is this? It's generosity, but it's coming from a deep place, generosity of spirit. And I think that at times of change like this, we can become bankrupt of spirit or think that we don't have it to give. And we do. You have an endless uh, amount of kindness to be able to give. And so just being number one, kind to yourself, and that enables you to be kind to others that's a tremendous place to start because we cannot give what we do not have. If you're not kind to yourself, then how can you be kind to others? And my religion is kindness. <laughs> Love that. My religion. Which is why I give myself ice cream every day. <laughs> well, you uh, think it's a food group, which you are mistaken. It is a food group. <laughs> no. Isn't it? No. no. Uh, okay. Um, so you were saying, uh, think of someone who is curious, capable, resilient, and wise, make them your tutor, your teacher. That could be someone online, uh, a dear friend, um, spiritual leader, but find someone to study under, to have more of what you want. You were saying that about going online, but you're talking here about a, a, a tutor, a mentor. Exactly. So uh, I'm going to invite everybody to think about someone in your childhood that you knew who was really good at life. And they were joyful. When you walked into a room, they were happy to see you. They were capable. They just seemed to be good at life. Mm -hmm. And so they were a very worthy teacher of yours. Yes. Yes. And And I think that along the way, we kind of maybe lose that kind of person in our life if we're not consciously and intentionally cultivating it. And sometimes we think maybe, well, they're a great person. They've got their life so together. Why would they want to be my friend? Or why would they want to help me in any way? But I really encourage you to think about 
the people that you are talking to and listening to, you, how good are they at life? And, and to bring some more people into your life who are really genuinely good at life. And I want to say one thing, Pat, you are good at life. You're good. You're resilient. You're joyful. You're a delight to know. You're wise. You know, so it's people like Pat and people like me, you know, because, you know, I'm the best at humility. So I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I am the best Maybe at that. Not. And so, you know, there, we're out there for you. Our, either our books, the, the videos, the meditations, the audio is on grieftogratitude.net or free. But also, you want to have people on your advisory board who are good at life. It's this that simple. Well, and that's what this podcast is about. And that's why we're bringing on experts like yourself who are good at life and who have wisdom to share. Because none of us have the answer. No, none of us. Right. I just want to tell you that our humanity's war on life is coming to a head. Our battle with the planet is coming to a head. I'm so tired of hearing people say climate change because it's not climate change. It's climate crisis. We're there. We need to get we need to make good choices yes. and find our voices. So if you're just sitting there watching television and thinking it's all getting worse, then television isn't the problem. Your attitude is the problem. Get busy, get proactive, find your voice, do some things to be part of the solution and to help humanity heal our relationship with life. Yes, yes, I I totally agree with you, which is why you like me. So (laughs) there you go. All right. Managing grief is a journey to feeling gratitude. You have worked on that. You've got this wonderful free um, uh, online uh, program. When we're grieving, it's not easy to feel gratitude. Let's talk about that. And all of us, all of us right now in this pandemic are grieving. We've lost things. We've lost mobility. We've lost going to a restaurant. We've lost group gatherings. We've lost. And many, some of us have lost loved ones. So tell me about how do you move and just synopsis from grief to gratitude? Okay. So my definition of grief is grief is that grief is the longing, the painful longing for what we can no longer have or what is no longer present in our lives. Right. And so what we're longing for is a void that we cannot step into to satisfy. Yes. And so um, I was a student of allowing. I made myself a student of allowing. And as you know, Pat, I've had lots of deaths of beloved dear friends in my life. My house has burned down. Uh, I've, I've, I've just, I've, I've gone through the list of things to grieve. And, uh, the one thing that has helped me a lot is number one, to step into the space of allowing. You know, that it is what it is. Okay. Denial is pain. Uh, and so I'm going to get out of denial and become a student of the new reality. At a certain point, we have to surrender to the new reality as opposed to longing for what no longer is or for uh, an America that no longer is. I mean, we got to get proactive on creating and participating with intention for the next chapter, the future chapter. Right. We want to be on what we our heart believes, 
our inner winner, inner wisdom beliefs is the right side of history. And I think we have to participate in the village. We have to step up and be a part of the village because without community, quality of life is diminished greatly. And what's under attack right now is quality of life from a lot of different directions. And so when we learn to create our own quality of life, uh, we're being part of the solution. When you are building bridges with your neighbors and with your community, when you're being generous of spirit, you're being part of the solution. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Belief is important, isn't it? And what do you believe is under attack these days? Well, belief is very, very important. And the word faith comes into it, too, because we need to put our faith in something. And again and again, what we've seen is the institutions, uh, profit-driven or power-driven institutions disappoint us when we put our faith in them. And so if you've been on that road and you think, well, heck, what, you know, what's worthy of me putting my faith into and believing in now? Well, let me tell you, what's worthy of putting your faith in is the goodness of your heart. There's something I know about you. And at the very essence of you is goodness, is light. And your heart loves love. And so, first of all, give love to yourself so that you can have it to give to others. Love yourself, forgive yourself, appreciate the miracle of the body that you are in. It's a miracle rather than resenting your body. Uh, and and bring intention to, once again, healing your relationship with life. Mm-hmm. Are you at war with your own life? Are you resenting and kind of loathing yourself? Not good. Yeah. I, no. I love that. That puts your faith in the goodness of your heart. Because all of us were born with good hearts. Some of those hearts got damaged, and I'm not talking physically, though that too, but damaged through through loss, through romantic relationships that broke up for loss of parents, children, friends, and that, that pain scars us. However, we can always return to the goodness. You know, it's it's whatever in you that gets moved by a poem, by a movie, and you're sitting there, you know, dabbing your eyes and you're going, your, your heart is being touched. And, you know, I just, I'm real uh, fond of those times because yeah. it makes me feel human and real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm a big believer in doing something kind, brave, bold, and new each day. And so here's a little social experiment that you can create with yourself. Look for opportunities to be kind, kind to yourself, kind to others, and see what happens. What's going to happen is you're going to be building bridges to community. You know how how selfish that really is? And I mean that in a good way. I'll, I'll give you a personal story. The other day, I went in to get my hair done. Okay. And there was a woman there checking me in and she was just chatty and lovely. And we have our mask on the whole thing. And, and she said to me, she said, I got married yesterday. I said, really? She said, yes, online. I got married. She said, I'm just, you know, feeling really happy about it. I said, well, you should absolutely. So I got my hair done. I was sitting there through the whole appointment thinking about her. And I thought, you know, I want to do something. So I went out. She didn't know me. Didn't even know my name. I went up to Starbucks, got her a $25, just a little gift card, oh, nothing, nice. gave it to her. 
And she was delighted, but I glowed all day long. And I haven't told anybody that because I thought, yeah, I don't want to brag about it. Well, I guess I do because I'm saying it right now. But, but, (laughs) but it's about being kind. And it reinforced to me that I could honor love, which is what I did. Small gesture. And if, and anywhere you are believing that people are getting worse, it's all getting worse to the kind of thing that Pat just did. Just be kind. It was all about, it was really for me, you know, truly, let's be honest. She liked it, but I, I loved it. So (laughs) (laughs) think back, think back to a time in your life when you didn't know the whole story, right? Romantic relationship job with a friend. You're managing the situation without knowing the truth. And as a result, you were mismanaging the the solution or the situation. You were in the dark. Then in the light of the truth, and it's the light of the truth that sets you free. So do we manage illusions rather than reality? So many of us are managing illusions. It's very, very difficult now to know what the truth is. It's a very slippery thing. Yeah. But that, that, you know, that saying, the truth will set you free. I've thought about it so much. I really believe it's profound because I want you to think about a time when you were in a relationship with someone and you were madly crazy about them and you were showing up to be their beloved and they did not feel the same way about you. Because you Bummer. didn't know the truth. <laughs> Bummer. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't yeah. until the moment of truth that you went, okay, I guess, you know, I'm not managing the situation well because I don't have the truth about the situation. So many of us have had career situations where uh, uh, the organization we were working with had one agenda. We believed they had another and we thought we were managing things well, but we weren't because we did not know the truth. So one of the things that I believe is to be asking the courageous question. So yes. the power or the value of any answer is embedded in the courage of the question. And a lot of us are terrified to ask the courageous question Say that, again. that will reveal the truth. Say that again. A lot, a lot of us are terrified to ask the courageous question that will reveal the truth. And we'll spend a long time mismanaging the situation and wondering why the energies aren't working the way they should be Or working. the romance, or the job, or the health, because we're afraid to ask the question. Yeah. And so, uh, and so, so many people in their careers will be asking the questions that validate what they've already been doing. A lot of surveys, it's like validating what they're already doing rather than saying, I want you to think about the best experience you've ever had with a product like ours. What were they doing that we're not doing? That invites people to tell you the truth. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes. Yeah. Mm, that's and that's a courageous question because in a corporation, when somebody asks that question, uh-uh. you're inviting them to have to change. Right. To be better. To, to become be better. A student, yeah. Uh, to become a student. And so what I encourage you to think about is, are you playing games with yourself? Are you feeling depressed because you're not handling and managing the truth? Yes. Ask the courageous questions. Nice. Of yourself. And of others. Good. 
Okay. I want you to go back to grief to gratitude because, um, and then I want to share a personal, um, insight I got from listening to your, tell us why you created this and, and give us the link again. So people can get on, you've made it free, which is so generous during the pandemic. I, I hope that's still, you know, what we're doing. It's, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yes. So tell us why you created it, what it's good for, who should tune, tune in for what reason, you know, go ahead. So I wrote a book a long time ago called When Something Changes Everything yes. about how life unfolds in chapters. It was an international book. It was a big deal. I spoke all over the world. I've gone around the world twice speaking and showing films. <laughs> I started making documentary films because there are some things you can do with a book. There are other things that, and feelings and experiences and journeys you can create with a film. And then there's meditations and, and audios and the kind of thing that we're doing here. So I just was creative and I just kept creating things. And I thought, well, how can I put all of these things under one umbrella? Yeah. And so that's what grief to gratitude.net is. There are doc award-winning documentary films there that you can watch and share with other people and they will generate interesting conversations. They invite you to ask yourself interesting questions and, um, and, and the meditations are I, the feedback that I get is that after someone has suffered the impact of a loss, and we say a heart-shattering experience or heartbroken, um, there is some very viable science that indicates we're not all there, and that pieces of ourselves are not as present as before the impact sure. of a loss. Yeah. And so there's a, a meditation there for pulling yourself together and for being here now. And that brings your strength into yourself. So the feedback I get is that people say that for a year, for two years, they just haven't been themselves after the loss of a loved one. And after doing some of these meditations, they're, they're here now. And I want to say, if the situation was reversed and you were the person in spirit form, would you want the people that you love who are still here on earth to be sad sacks? Would you want them to be weak and depressed and making themselves sick and tired and not enjoying life? No, of course not. I, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. And so, so. <clears throat> grief to gratitude is about learning what grief is, justifying you have a good reason to feel grief, making you understand and have more, more fluency with your emotions and feelings. And there's workbook and sheets that you can ask yourself great questions and do with other people who have gone through the same loss. And that will make you feel closer and, and, and create more understanding. And um, it's it's really a, a resource center for healing. Oh, absolutely true. Absolutely true. And this summer, um, 2020 has been a horrible year for a lot of people. I lost a very important person in my life. and. I was shattered, shattered. And I got on Grief to Gratitude and I listened to the meditations and I did the worksheets and it brought me back. And I want to share one thing that was so important to me. It was, it was mind blowing for me. And that is when I was going through this, listening to the meditations and deep breathing and, you know, seeing them happy in heaven and all that. I, uh, then did a, um, a worksheet that was talking about who are you grieving for? Because if indeed you believe that person you love 
is in a happy spiritual place, whatever your religion, okay, then you don't have to grieve for them. You're grieving for yourself. And that was an eye opener for me, Peter. It really was. I thought, well, if I'm, if I'm not grieving for him, then I can do something to help myself. You know, I can't make him come back, which is deeply what I wanted, but can't make that happen. It is a loss, but I can. Yeah. So the, the, the pain and the voids of unresolved losses uh, can fester and be in our bodies, in our hearts. And it's okay for a period of time. But when you're ready to shift from sadness to gratitude or from feeling cheated because you don't have what you loved anymore, from feeling cheated to feeling grateful for what you had and recognizing that you have the ability to generate love and happiness and connection right. and joy yeah. right here today, right now. And and that person that you've loved and lost is one of your professors of love. They were a great teacher <laughs> about what nice. love is. And I also want to say that anything that we love here on earth is created by the source of life itself. So for me, love and gratitude are very spiritual. And you are being grateful for what creation has created. Right. And 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 so gratitude rather than resentment or feeling cheated just feels so much better. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? I never would have put together grief and gratitude until you did. I would never have thought that they were linked, but they are, of course. And how you pivot in your in, uh, attention to to the loss creates either overwhelming grief or the celebration of gratitude. So I want to... And so here's an experiment. Ahead. I just want to teach people an experiment that you can do. The next time that you have a wave of grief or yeah. sadness over a loss of something, yes. go into it and feel it. And there's the catharsis work on grief to gratitude is really profound because go into the feelings that you're having. Be the grief and it will dissipate. It's when we block or deny or judge the feelings that they fester and, and the volatility and toxicity increases. Go into the feelings, be the feelings. And on the other side of that feeling, think of three or four reasons to be grateful for that person in your life and to be grateful for what they taught you and what you can do with those teachings today. What you can do today with the example they set or what they taught you. Nice. It totally changes it all. Yeah. And don't try to run it out, grief, eat it out work it out, you know, over drink it out, medicate it out. None of that will work. The only way out is through. You can't avoid it and have it be resolved. Right. Great, great phrase in psychology. The only way out is through. I want to read you exactly what I'm talking about. Go into the feeling right. and just be that feeling for for as long as it's there. And am I right that it just dissipates, right? Slowly. Yeah. <laughs> Go in <Nice>. harder. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks. Okay. At, I want to read a, a quote and then we're going to end today. At times our own light goes out and is rekindled by the spark from another person. 
each of us has cause to think with deep gratitude of those who have lighted the flame within us. Albert Schweitzer, thank you with deep gratitude for lighting our flame today. Been a pleasure to have you as always. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. Thank you all for being with us, with Peter McGugan for this great podcast on From Grief to Gratitude. We all need a little more gratitude in our lives. It can't hurt any of us. Let me um, share with you a quote I like. Feeling grateful and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. So give a present today to someone you're grateful for. Thank you. And I'm grateful for you. Come back for our next podcast next week. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home on the web at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.